listeners. How's everyone doing? I may sound different today. I am dealing with allergies, but it's still me. Today, I'm talking to Kendra Cambested and Laura Rafa, who are both licensed creative arts therapists and board-certified dance movement therapists based out of New York City. They've worked closely together and separately with forensic populations. In 2013, they created and co-led an authentic movement group, which I had the wonderful opportunity to be a part of. In this episode, Laura and Kendra speak so passionately about authentic movement in order to help us deeply understand the process and all its moving parts. About 10 minutes into the interview, I realized that I would have to be transparent about my experiences to help share the profound effects that authentic movement can have in a person's life. This turned out to be so therapeutic for me to reflect on, and I feel so happy to share this with you all. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. And on that note, if you have enjoyed this podcast so far, I would really appreciate your support by leaving either a rating or a review or both on whatever app you use to listen to this. I've been getting some feedback from people who have been trying to leave a review on iTunes because it's a little confusing. What you have to do is search for my podcast and then click on my podcast. Then the second column from the left is the review tab where it will prompt you to write a review. There you can either just leave a rating or you can leave a rating with a review. So sometimes it doesn't seem to be submitting for people because they don't have a unique username. So if it's not submitting, just try changing a letter or number or whatever you need to change in your username to make it unique. Thank you so much in advance. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Oh, and one more thing. This particular interview was recorded with not such great internet connection. So it will sound choppy at certain points, but please just bear with it because the content is really great and it's worth listening to the whole thing. Thanks. This is Mind Your Body, a dance movement therapy perspective on the integration of our emotional, cognitive, physical, and spiritual aspects of our being into one more aware and whole existence. So do you want to start by telling us what authentic movement is? So authentic movement is a mindful movement exploration between a mover and a witness, and it encourages the development of consciousness and the relationship between your movement, your sensation, and your emotion. What's most important to talk about is the role of the mover and the witness, that it's a dyad. Authentic movement occurs with a mover and witness, and it you have to have, in my opinion, in my experience, you have to have a witness while this is happening for it to be authentic movement. Do you want to add anything before I break it down? Yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, I would say that the mover begins by asking herself or himself, what what is my impulse? What is it that I need to do right now? Or what do I want to do? And then to decide whether or not to go with that impulse, reject that impulse. And the way that is expressed is through the body, through movement and gesture. And as the mover expresses or rejects these impulses, the witness is there observing her own experience or his own experience. What comes up for the witness too, as the mover goes through his or her process. Yeah. At its core for us is about what it means to really see yourself 
and to be truly seen by another, you know, kind of a scary experience. I think if there isn't a lot of trust, if there isn't a foundation and a rapport with someone to allow ourselves to really be seen, to show who we really are. Sometimes it's not even safe enough to show ourself. In this work, we are building enough trust to just explore who, who am I? And can I even show you who I am? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're within a group, though the other movers will be going through their own process with their eyes closed, they too are, in a sense, witnessing you in, in another way, in experiencing you and connecting or disconnecting from you. So how can we then expand it to not just one other, but how can we be allowing ourselves to be seen by anyone that we come up to in our life? And the movers in the group can represent our life also the, mm-hmm. the studio or the, the therapy mm-hmm. space, wherever you're doing it. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll just speak about the current structure of what our group was and what my group is still. We begin on time. And we start by checking in. We sit in a circle and a mover has an opportunity to check in and share with the group where they're at today or what they've been carrying over since the last time that we met. There's no specific agenda of what should be checked in with, but just whatever you have the impulse to share with the group. And this also gives the witness an opportunity to just get a sense of where the mover is at before she begins to move. I say she, but it could be men too. And then after everyone has checked in, we stand and we do what's called sprouting. We are standing in a circle and we reach our arms out, reaching out towards other movers. And we take a moment to briefly make eye contact with each person in the circle, just acknowledging their presence before the movement begins. The witness and the movers are all in the circle together doing this at the same time. Once everyone's made eye contact, we bring our arms down and we spiral, which for us symbolizes spiraling down into the unconscious. After spiraling a few times, I will take a seat in a corner in the same spot every time. And the movers will find a spot in the room that they feel compelled to go to, and then they'll close their eyes and wait for an impulse to move. The movement can start in movement. It can start in stillness. It can start on the floor, in the air. It really comes down to whatever the individual has the gumption to do. When I've moved, especially in the beginning, when I was first learning about authentic movement, that just the pure question of what is my impulse I meditated on that in the beginning. I I had to really ask myself what that even means when I have a real impulse and then how do I do it? And so the movers are theoretically asking themselves that as the witness is observing this process and the mover continues to come back to this question, what, what is my impulse? What do I really want to do right now? And in this case, it's a group. There's an opportunity to physically connect 
with another mover. And if that connection happens, let's say the mover's hand touches another mover's shoulder, there's a point of connection. And then both movers are in a situation where they have to decide, do I stay or do I go? Connect or do I disconnect? And if if so, how? How does that look in movement? And that interaction, that dance, that dialogue is the work. And for me, a big part of that was, am I doing this for myself or am I doing this for someone else? I remember that question coming up a lot. Yeah. And I, and I think you're not alone either. Am I doing this for me or for you? It's a good question. And so after the movement and that time frame depends on whatever is agreed upon with the witness and the movers. After that movement segment is over, everyone comes back into the circle and sits down and verbally to, to kind of bridge the gap between this abstract movement, potentially emotional experience into something that is just words that we can comprehend. What was that that just happened? And between the sharing and the movement, sometimes there's a little slice of time to transition and that that can be a, just a period of rest where you've opened your eyes, you've, you've made eye contact with your witness. Yes, that happened. I see you. Again, that's like a mini bridge in between the movement and what's about to happen in the words. Yeah, just since your eyes are closed, you're in the deep process, it helps you to come back into the space and get yourself together to verbalize what came up for you. And then... The sharing, it's always important for the mover to speak first and the witness to speak. And in the beginning, it's also important that the witness really speaks to what the mover has spoke about, not necessarily what they haven't spoke about. As time goes on, might even say, I'd like to speak about something you didn't say if it's felt important. And usually we'll ask if that's okay. Right. Yeah, it's nice to check in with the mover first. Is it okay if I mention something that you didn't share? Right. In the beginning, when you have a mover and a witness working together for the first time, it's important for the witness to really just track, observing, hopefully non-judgmentally, what the mover is just doing. And then when it comes to sharing about it, to really just reflect back what I see you doing without it becoming more than just, I see you. And in that establishment of trust it might be too premature to say more. I also think that not just the witness saying too much, but a mover who is new to the process begins with movement. And then they might feel a sensation in the body. And then they might feel an emotion. But being able to track your own movement is key when you're a beginner. And then moving on to these other aspects of what happens in the movement. Because one movement could also have a sensation and also have an emotion that you might not know right away. So through the process of moving, you become more aware. And then the witness therapist is there to hold that and reflect that back. Mm -hmm. The mover can start by just reflecting or expressing their movements, just like I started laying on the floor, and then I moved my hand. And then as their own self witness gets deeper, they would start saying my hand felt heavy, which is a sensation. And then at some point later, maybe when more trust is developed, they would say, I felt sad as my hand dropped, for example. Exactly. Okay. okay. So when we're sensitive to the body and its signals, we can better attend to its needs. 
and and how it relates to our experiences with other people. But first, we have to start with just tracking what it, what is the body doing right now? What is my body doing? And that can be hard enough for a while, just recognizing how your body moves and what's moving. And so being able to reflect that as a witness could be extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. I think you tapped into this a little bit in one of your interviews with Christina Devereaux when you spoke about the power of the pause. Mm-hmm. I think that it's important to reiterate that it that we need to take a pause and pay attention to what what's going on inside of ourself. What's happening for me? Not paying attention to all these external things, but just what's happening in me. You know, it sounds very simple, but it can bring up a whole lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just slowing down and just paying attention to what what is it that I'm actually doing right now? And then when the witness reflects back what you're doing, it suggests that what you're doing is valuable. What doing means something, even if it's nothing, there's no words attached, there's no emotion attached or imagery attached yet. It's just, it's just a movement. But that alone is important. Not actually, yeah, if the client didn't get that kind of mm-hmm. way of being seen, not only as a young child, but in their life currently. Maybe they need someone to hold the space for them to just be seen in that way. That's why I think it's important as a witness to know how powerful our words are and that just saying you moved your hand could mean so much Mm. without saying it was heavy or it brought up sadness. Just I saw you move. Exactly. I I see you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Often are we just seen without any expectation. Yeah. There's transferences and countertransferences, but here in this space where you're just being seen for what it is. Hmm. That's amazing hearing hearing you say that. <laughs> uh-huh. It's nice to see you. As we're saying that, I'm I'm looking at you in, on this video and I'm just thinking how nice it is to see you now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's also scary to be seen as you <laughs> referenced before, it made me think of how I had a good amount of anxiety every time I went to the group. I was thinking about why, and I was always scared that I would be the only one who showed up and be witnessed by two people. Mm-hmm. That's like extra seeing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think what's funny, what is interesting is you with other people and you alone we still see you just as much and you being in relation to other people. Then we see you in relation to other people and we see you alone and we see you with others. Mm-hmm. So we see other parts of you. We see you in another way. I think what you're sharing is anxiety of, Oh my goodness, I'm going to be the only one. I'm, you know, am I going to be too seen? Am I going to be not seen at all? I think that that's, it's it's a very common reflection. People will come in and name that same fear. Right. The fear of I might be seen too much or they might not notice me at all and all of that in between. Yeah, you were saying there's so much in between and I agree. You know, the mover is showing up. So if you're showing up, it suggests to me that you want to be seen in some way, but there might be an internal conflict. You know, I want to be seen, but do I? <laughs> and how? And can I trust you? Can you see this part of me and then not that part of me? <laughs> and, and can I see myself too? Because if you reflect back what I'm really doing, which 
I'm trusting you will do. I'm thinking as a mover. Then, you know, can I tolerate hearing what the witness is reflecting back? Am I ready to hear it? So there's a lot of thoughts and feelings that I think come up as movers. And Laura and I are witnesses, but we also are movers in, in other spaces. And it's important to remember when you are a witness, what has come up in the times as movers? Mm-hmm. And it's not always just a clear-cut, one, two-dimensional feeling. It's a plethora of stuff welling up, usually. Yeah. You guys are looking at each other, nodding your heads. Um, <laughs> what do movers do with all this information that comes up in authentic movement? Like the reflection or from the whole process? From the reflection specifically. I mean, it's really difficult to answer that simply because everybody's different. And we each have our own way of getting in there, getting deep within and facing just who we are and digesting that and moving through it. Everyone's unique. This gets very hard in authentic movement. Sometimes a mover wants answers. Sometimes a mover wants the witness to tell them everything. And whatever they're saying, it must be true. Sometimes I've gotten to that place. And I think it's important through the process of authentic movement to know that you're in this relationship, yet you are your own person as well. So you can say that information doesn't match with me. That's her own information. That we're not here to give answers about how to do things in life. We're here to just help you see yourself, right? So the process of us reflecting is, again, I'm seeing you and and what I see in you, this is what's bringing up in me, but this is my stuff. And I think that sometimes I, when I was in authentic movement, when I was a mover, I relied too heavily on what the witness was saying. And for my process, it was really about me understanding what what I'm bringing to this as my own experience in the group and have my own experience outside of the group. I think that what was really cool about our training was that at that time we, we had two co-leaders. And so inevitably, each witness would have their own unique experience and would reflect back these two unique perspectives on what I did as a mover. So that was a really wonderful way to hear oh, this is how I'm seen by my caregivers in this circumstance, right? And I accept and align with both of their perspectives, one of their perspectives, or I'm also seeing that, oh, they don't always have the same perspective. So maybe I don't have to have that same one either. I can have my own. And to know that sometimes we align and it's a parallel path that we're taking. And other times it's, it's not. It's just you have your perception of what happened, and I had mine, and that's really, it's, it's a healthy experience to be able to connect and also separate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is a mover more able to identify that and assert their own needs as they become a stronger witness of themselves? Yes. In my opinion, in my experience, that for me, I was able to separate yes I agree with the witness because that was my experience too, or no, that wasn't my experience. It's different. It was over time that I was able to understand what my own experience is by developing my own inner witness as a mover for a long period of time. Knowing sensation, emotion, movement, really knowing that comes over years of being a mover. How have your experiences in authentic movement translated in your lives 
in the way you witness yourselves. We, we were just talking about that earlier today. And I think for me, it's I've become more present. I'm more readily able to feeling and to be real with somebody. You know, just as we were saying, the dynamic can be between you and your witness. It applies to how we connect to people in our life. And I think that I've identified some things that I feel have translated into my everyday life. One is when I first began Authentic Movement, I had a lot of anxiety about making sound, <laughs> like really verbalizing sound. Over time, I started to practice with voice, with making sound. And now I can scream like the top of my lungs. I can cry. Like being able to express through sound has been profound for me in my life in finding my voice, finding my voice to speak to people that are close with me or speaking out into people I don't know, just finding my voice. And also the process of being in a group versus individual. So in the group, when I make a connection with another, my whole process of do I want to stay or do I not want to stay? But so if I choose to stay, this process of me knowing that I can do what I need to do and I have to trust that the other person is going to do what they need to do instead of, okay, I want to stay in contact, but what if this person doesn't want to stay? Like I used to get up in my mind, like, what if she doesn't want me to do this to her? Then this person will move. So for me, that's translated into do for myself and trust and trust and, mm -hmm. and know that the people in my life will do what they need to do. I'd say the last piece is the relationship between the mover and the witness. The witness role has represented many things in my life from personal relationships and felt very powerful to me in the beginning. So I maybe project as my mother or project as my, my husband or something powerful. And, and if my witness is seeing me open and vulnerable that way, then I can show myself that way to my husband or to my friends. So that, that vulnerability in that relationship has helped me to be more open with close people in my life. I do feel like that is what authentic movement is. It's about love. Hmm. We were talking about this earlier. We would just want to be witnessed forever. Yeah. I mean, it would be great to be a witness, but it's kind of indulgent just to be a mover. And there was a stage where it just suddenly felt like, oh, I've figured out that this is really about how to love another person. And that's when I felt ready to witness. And that's wow. also when I felt ready to be in a really healthy relationship mm -hmm. uh, in life, you know. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I was laughing while you were talking about deciding to connect and then worrying about what the other person would do. And if it's okay to leave, like that was really a huge part of my experience. And I totally mm -hmm. resonated with that. And I never thought that deeply about connecting with people from that first thought of, okay, I kind of want to connect or, okay, I kind of want to walk away. Speaking of pausing and really reflecting on what's going on inside of you, that was a little bit more impulsive than it is now to make a connection with somebody or not make a connection with somebody. And the power of knowing that I had that choice to do either one. And the whole idea of choice was a very big theme for me as well. I remember that. 
With you. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I think that happened too after a long time of moving in the group and us witnessing you is that you were able to really observe your pattern and then to ask yourself, am I doing this for someone else or for me? Right. And today to make it a change in a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> Trusting that others will be okay if I do decide to move away is so hard. Exactly. That was that is hard. That was hard for me too. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful to really trust that they are gonna take care of themselves. We the witnesses are there to hold that experience for them and you. We're there to keep it safe that you can move away and they're gonna be okay. And if they're not, they're there with us that will hold. I mean, feelings will come up. Maybe you move away and she or he had a feeling. Or didn't. And that's useful. Or maybe they were indifferent to it and you find out later and then you have feelings that they didn't have feelings. That actually happened. (laughs) What? You weren't heartbroken that I left? I'm having a memory now back to a time where I turned off the light. (laughs) I don't know if you remember that. Right? That That was me, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting moment when you turned off the light. It prevented us from fully seeing you in the room. And the others in the room. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so just for anyone who's listening, turning off the light meant that the room was completely dark. Right, and so then then that was part of the sharing, right? Processing what came up when the lights went out. And not only what it felt like for you, but what came up as we were tracking it. You know, it's our duty to see you and now we can't see anyone (laughs) oh my gosh what did i do (laughs) i can't remember how the lights went back on now i think i turned them on on there's you know we will keep you safe you can't hurt each other so we need to see that you're not doing that (laughs) (laughs) right and actually i think that that was i don't know if that was a conscious choice on your part to test the boundary in a way but (laughs) but it was that was also part of us building trust because we maintain the structure. So there's the temptation to be like, okay, as a mover, I totally get that sometimes I don't want to be seen and I might want to turn off the lights. <laughs> as a witness, we're going to hold a safe space though. And so we're going to have to turn the lights back on <laughs> so that we can maintain the boundary. That's how I remember it. Yeah. I, I really want to ask about your experiences as witnesses I don't think we really dove into how you track your own experiences as you witness the movers. I believe that you need to first be a mover for a while and you have to learn how to track your own movement within yourself. That would be your own inner witness. Once you are able to track your own movements in yourself, which for me, this whole process took two years, then you start to witness other people and you you begin by witnessing just movements and you, you practice tracking people's movements. Once you see these movements, you start to think about what is my sensation? Maybe I remember doing that movement and I felt this or seeing that brings up this sensation in my left shoulder or, and then what kind of emotions are coming up? Witnessing the movement, but constantly paying attention to what does it feel like in my body, what I'm seeing. I know that place, what it feels like, or I'm watching that and and something's coming up in my body. So it's hard to be the witness. I think that it takes a lot of practice 
I think that not anyone can just be a witness, right? I really feel you have to go through a process of moving first. When you're witnessing a group, you have to process that I'm going to see what I need to see at the right moment. And I'm going to pay attention because obviously I'm not going to know every sensation and feeling for every movement of each person mm-hmm. all the time. But I am seeing the group at the same time and, and my eyes will move to what I need to see that's useful for myself and for the mover and the group. And, and you have to trust that that process will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just to add to that, the other part is that we want to come in and really just be available right? to see. I've got to take care of myself and be balanced in my personal life so that I can come into the space and be available to hold the experience. We just need to set aside all of our own personal things happening so that we can truly see the movers. Right. And if you don't set aside that stuff about your own stuff, then you get into projections, interpretations that is very detrimental for the movers. Yeah. I mean, for me, I come straight from working on a forensic inpatient unit. I, you know, race across the city, (laughs) the 11 avenues or whatever, to get to this group. And I've got to find a way to reset. You know, I can't, I can't be in the mindset of the way I'm working with my patients on an inpatient unit. This is a very different process. And there might've been a lot of things that came up that day that I've been holding And though those things are important too, I need to be able to set that stuff aside so that I can just be available for in authentic movement. Yeah. And just to clarify, you're observing the movements and the process of the movers, but witnessing what comes up in you and reflecting back your own experience of observing. So so as a witness, I don't want to tell you this is what your experience is. That's not helpful. Only you as the mover really know, or you're in the process of figuring it out if you don't know yet. And we, our role is to track what's actually happening with no other agenda. As Laura said, noticing what comes up in me, the sensations, the imagery, the emotion, and Eventually, as time goes on, I may actually share those things too. But speaking of it as my experience, I see you do these things. And this comes up in me as this happens. Yeah. And the mover can then hear, okay, that's her experience. And maybe they relate to that too. Yeah. And I think that it's important to also note that the way in which a witness speaks they're always speaking in the present and they're always saying I, so not you did this, but I see you standing. So that's presence and it's I that helps the mover and the witness know that this is my own experience. I see you in the corner holding. So I see is the way we talk. Mm-hmm. There are some times when a mover is, going through their process, and I see them doing something that really resonates for me. I know that place. I I know that hand gesture. That means something to me when I've been in that spot. When I then share that 
it's important that I just speak about that as my experience so that I'm not trying to impose that on the mover. This, my experience doesn't have to be yours. Mm-hmm. Even if I can totally relate, we're still two different people. And then it's also nice if you feel like, oh, I'm not alone. Other people have been in this place and my witness has been in this place. I'm so validated right now. Yeah, (laughs) I actually remember those moments. I don't remember specific words, but where you both say, I know that place. I've been in that exact corner. (laughs) I've tried to open that door before, whatever it was. I was like, really? You did too? I mean, just that, Laura, when you were speaking of the transference from the mover to the witness. For me, it's like, no, you guys are perfect. And, you know, you didn't experience, you know, I'm only experiencing this and we're on different levels. And then when you say something like that, it's like, has so many layers. It builds that trust. It's powerful to know that you've been there before. It allows me to do something similar or maybe even something more of that I've been wanting to do, but been afraid of being judged to do. Well, and it's also nice when you're in a group and you get to hear other movers experiences in the movement and think, wow, they experienced that too. So it's this like universal understanding of feelings that we all experience as movers, as witnesses. So you can have your own experience, hear someone else's experience, and you can also meet them there too. Said so I felt that as well in movement. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Do you have any stories of something that felt really powerful to you as a witness? I, this sounds very cliche, but really every single session feels powerful and meaningful. It's just, it's a touching experience. It's touching to be able to be trusted to see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I agree with you, Kendra. But I think the the process of me leaving the group was really profound. Everyone's experience around that felt for me that each person was holding a part of my own feelings about leaving the group. So every mover was so valuable in my own process of letting go. So literally every movement during that last month, I think we Mm. processed meant so much to me because it redefined what I felt about the group, about being with Kendra and doing this and knowing how huge it is for me to step away. And I feel like the group helped me figure that out. So you you think that the witnesses are all this perfect. Well, the group teaches me a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it really taught me a lot about termination and that I can terminate and still be okay, which was scary at first, (laughs) you know, about leaving. I really was scared to leave. I didn't want to. Yeah. You know, in terms of you being in the group, Laura and I just make really good partners. (laughs) Absolutely. We really balance each other out. I mean, I'm obviously biased, but. It almost feels like a continued termination. I personally just had a lot of feelings come up as you were talking about leaving the group. And that reminded me how the process of me leaving the group, which was so in my group with you both, we had five people who were there for a while. I don't know exactly how long. And I chose to leave first to move 
here to Delaware. And that was one of the most profound experiences of my life, that whole leaving process. And was so hard. It was, I was ready to leave everything else except for this group. So it was extremely Mm. hard. And just being able to not only process that in words, which we did a good amount of. So knowing that the, the process is important with words as well, but just to actually authentically experience that in myself in relation to other people and, and to have that witnessed was so powerful for me and really helped me just be so real with my feelings about leaving and termination and wondering if I'll be remembered or wondering if I had made an impact. And I don't know if you mind me sharing this, Kendra, but I remember that it was either my last session or my second to last session, you had teared up and that meant so much to me. (laughs) Oh, that's really touching. Thank you for telling me. (laughs) Yeah. I feel your presence still. Thank you. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you really made an impact on our experience. I don't want to speak for individuals that are there in the group, but I think we really witnessed your growth. And then for you to decide to leave for this opportunity, despite how hard it was, just felt all the more meaningful. And to witness that, for you to allow us to see that was really special. Mm-hmm. Even as a witness, I have all those concerns and, you know, leaving because I'm having a child, right? Leaving because you had a job, like, these were meaningful things to move on to. And the fact that you and I were able to go through that process of termination and move to this is, is so useful in itself. And the impact is still there. I'm not even there, but I, I can still feel you in the group. it's just it's just there yeah and then for me it's been you know an interesting journey to continue to hold the space Mm -hmm. even though you know a reach you've moved you've moved away you left the group and my co-leader needed to terminate and that, that was a huge shift huge shift we started this in a partnership and it was a good one you know, and it wasn't ending because of anything bad. It was ending for something very, very wonderful in in Laura's personal life. And there was nothing wrong with our partnership or the group. It needed to end in this way so that something else could happen. And of course, there is a question, do I continue it or do we end it together? Hmm. Because we began it this way. And as you know, I have continued the group and it and it's evolved. It is different. I'm now not sharing the role with my partner and bounce off of each other. Now I I remember on Laura's last day reflecting to you in front of the, the other movers that I will do my best to mm-hmm. integrate parts of you in, in my witnessing because you know now that I'm leading it alone, I do have to take on all of those different roles. Yeah, so it's been an interesting journey. Yeah. But I feel your presence in the room still. <laughs> Thanks. It's in the wall. <laughs> that was nice to reflect on. Yeah. I feel both of your presence in my 
my life. So this all sounds cliche, but for real, I think about the effects that authentic movement had on me and, you know, you as witnesses, and it's not just authentic movement. As you were saying, it really matters who's holding the process as the witnesses. I feel very mindful and aware of choices that I make in regards to choices that I make with myself in terms of self-care, in terms of going outside my comfort zone, in terms of loving myself. I think about the choices I make in relationships. And a big theme was fear of rejection, right? Especially Mm -hmm. when in the actual movement interacting with somebody and Mm -hmm. being concerned, are they going to leave? Are they going to stay? Are they going to go right now? And who's going to leave first? And so just more aware of that process in my everyday life. Being assertive, which reminds me of the moments that I chose to stand up in my authentic movement. And this is with eyes closed. So not knowing if I was the only person standing up and just choosing to really be seen and take a stance. Mm -hmm. And probably so much more that I'm not thinking of at the moment. You did so much. I mean, you're doing so much. Look Look at you now. You're doing this podcast. This is incredible. I made that choice, even though I had a lot of feelings about it, <laughs> which is maybe also yeah. a really good result for me for authentic movement is being aware of these feelings that are coming up, but moving through it anyway. Yeah. Right. There's there's only what is the expression? There's only one way out and that's in and through yeah, you can't go around it. You've got to move through it. Right. And those feelings are all going to be there, but it's that choice I learned. Mm-hmm. That's that's information. Now, what, how is that going to affect my movement and what choice am I going to make, even with all of that kind of weighing on me? Yeah, I, I think that as you are moving longer and being witnessed and in this process longer, the member's confidence builds. Like you said, I can stand up for myself. I can use my voice. I can, I can be heard. And maybe not everyone's going to get it, but I still have a right to be heard and seen. And that's important. It's important to, to know that we can do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm commenting as both the perspective of the, the mover and the witness now. I don't know if that's clear. I'm thinking of my, what it is to be the mover and to to feel validated. When I move and I'm witnessed, I feel validated. And I I guess that's what I'm hoping to convey when I'm witnessing is I want to validate you. You are worth seeing. And also as a witness, I'm being validated by my movers. When I see a mover in a position that I've been before, I know it. So I feel the connection of that mover. So the relationship between the witness and mover isn't one way. It's both ways, as I feel. I feel connected to you. You feel connected to me. It's just as useful to be a witness as a mover now that I've learned how to be a witness. You're right. It is validating as a witness to be allowed to witness. You know, people don't have to show up to my group. They could decide they don't want me to witness them anymore. So I am very aware every day that I go into the space that, oh, these individuals 
trust me or are building trust, I hope, <laughs> for me to see them. And that, that means something to me. That's important. Yeah. And so we've, we've been talking about just one form of authentic movement, right? Like I know that there are other spaces where people switch off between being a witness and a mover. Mm-hmm. And that's something totally different. Do you think? You're thinking of like an open circle where um, people might go in and move and then come back out. Yes. And witness, share the responsibility of mover and witness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that is another form. That's not the format of my group, but that does exist. In my experience, that's more of a peer group where you move in and out as this is when I was doing right. it was co-led. So we are leading in the in and out I've experienced as there's no leader. It's, it's peer led. So we move in and out and witness each other. Right. Exactly. There's many different forms, but the, the key is your eyes are closed and moving. This is eyes are open and witnessing. Right. So obviously, Laura and I both spoke about having a lot of feelings about leaving the group. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of feelings about not having access to nearby authentic movement group. And I know the importance of having a witness for it to really be a true authentic movement experience. But I'm just wondering if there's any way that people can gain some of this or do something similar that they can practice this a little bit in their own lives. My first thought is that if you don't have access, well, ask, ask around, see if someone is actually providing something like this in your area. You know, obviously there's Google and there are listservs and you can inquire, but the first thing to do is ask for what you need, which I think is part of the process in authentic movement, figuring out what do I need and how can I ask for it? How can I get that? That seems important to emphasize. If you want an authentic movement experience, who's providing it in the area? And if they're not, can you inquire about someone coming out there? Maybe there's a retreat or maybe someone's interested in creating a new group. That's more of a broad answer. I think more specifically, you're asking what can people do on a daily basis? Yeah, daily or just more consistently. Well, I think that, as you mentioned in your interview with Christina Devereaux, the taking a moment to pause and really check what's happening inside, you know, turn, turn off your phone for five minutes, take, take a breather. Even if it's just one minute of your day to sit down and just notice yourself, what are you feeling in this moment? And if you can do more than a minute, if you can do more than five minutes, great honor what you're going through in in that time period. And if you're interested in doing more than that, you will you will seek out more. Mm-hmm. The first thing that you can do is just to start becoming more aware of what you are feeling inside. Yeah. You can find aspects of authentic movement to do in your daily life, but to really do authentic movement, I believe you can't do it without the witness and, and the mover. So aspects, so that would be understanding the self, right? So how can an individual understand themselves? And that is very specific to the person. Some Maybe someone can find it through art. So maybe someone can find it through meditation. Figuring out what is the best means of 
creative process can you do to help figure out who you are? And then noticing what are your impulses? What are your impulses in every moment of your day? We're talking about choice. Do I want to stay here? Do I want to go? Right. So being aware of that. If you are desiring the effects of authentic movement, then there's no other way to do it but finding someone witness you. Maybe there's someone around there who has done authentic movement but hasn't witnessed yet. Maybe you want to talk to them about, is it possible? Could you witness me? Could you call Kendra or me up and move and we'll witness you this way? If you really want to do authentic movement, if you want to do aspects of authentic movement, there's many things you can do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I may have to call you both when I'm in the area again. (laughs) We like to travel too, so... (laughs) Oh, okay. Maybe we can work something out in in Delaware or, well, let's say Philly, because let's be real. There's like three dance therapists in Delaware. Well, it's not only dance therapists that are practicing authentic movement or or wanting to be witnessed. This is for anyone who wants to understand themselves better. You know, I have several group members in the past that have not been connected to the creative arts therapy field at all, interested in figuring out who they are. And how they are in relationship to someone else and want to use movement as a way to explore that in the presence of a witness. So, you know, if there's only three dance therapists in, in Delaware, that's okay for now. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And for anyone listening who lives in New York City, do you want to share how people can reach your group? So the website is www.nycmovementtherapy.com. Simple enough. Occasionally, I talk to Laura about, hmm, maybe we should do a retreat. Mm-hmm. Like in awesome. Costa Rica. Oh my gosh, I'm in. When Laura's ready. You do both make a good team together. Thank you so much for thinking of us. It's definitely yeah, an honor. Yeah, of course. <laughs> this was awesome. Yeah, it's really nice to see you. I know. This has been wonderful. It's Great seeing you. And even though it's been two years to the date, pretty much, it feels like I just saw you both yesterday. So that's really cool. I I feel the same. (laughs) Do you? Yeah, of course. I still feel that. I could talk about this forever, but... Yeah, I know. Yeah. But it was really good to see you. Really great seeing you. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. That was just wonderful. I really want to take them up on their offer to travel for a group. I do want to seek this out. So if anyone around Philadelphia, Maryland, Delaware wants to form a group, maybe semi-regularly have authentic movement, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. My email is orit.dmt at gmail.com. And for anyone else, please reach out if you have any comments or feedback that you'd like to share. I would love hearing from you. Please leave a rating or a review. I would really appreciate it. And I will see y'all next time. All right. Thank you. Bye.